Welcome to Coach Bennett's Podcast, where every run has a purpose, where kindness is hardcore, where this is about running, and this is not about running, where every starting line is a finish line in disguise, where rambling still gets you where you need to be, where pineapple will never ruin your pizza, and the sodas, adult and not adult kind, are always cold, and where there is room on the starting line for everybody. I'm Coach Bennett. Thank you for letting me be a part of your day. Let's get started. Oh, baby, do we have a good one for episode 28. That's right. I get to runnerd out on some workouts, and not just any workouts. I'm talking about five workouts, five workouts that are not just really fun. They're also really hard, or maybe they're really hard, but also really fun. Either way, these are five awesome workouts, and I'm looking forward to geeking out with you about all of them. And guess what? Mindset Minute is back. That's right. Coach Tammy of the Show Up Society is back with the Mindset Minute. But before that, we got five workouts to get through. So let's head over to the starting line. Welcome to episode 28 of Coach Bennett's podcast. This one is five workouts that are really hard, but also really fun. Or it's going to be called five fun workouts that are really hard. I'm not quite sure what I'm going to name it yet, but by the time you've listened to it or by the time you're here listening to it, you know the name and that's settled so we can move on. I'm super excited about this one because I get to completely nerd out and talk about some wild, crazy workouts that I've done in the past that I think are a lot of fun. Now, there's a few waivers I have to give right off the bat. Okay, I'm going to be using times and stuff, and it doesn't matter the times that I'm giving. They, they all basically represent an effort. The effort's the most important thing. So what you're going to have to do if you want to try one of these workouts is put in your effort. And I will be making sure that I am, you know, I may be throwing out, you know, splits for a 200 or something, but I'll let you know what that means in terms of effort. You know, I'll I'll give you a race pace, but I'll also give you like an effort out of 10, um, like I do in a lot of the guided runs. So you can go and try these workouts. And what I'll also do is give a decent description in the show notes about each workout. So if you want, you can then take that, plug in your numbers or your efforts, and do this yourself. And I think this is a really cool time of year to share this because winter, um, and I know not everyone in the world is experiencing winter right now, but I am right now. So that's where my head is at. But, you know, usually during winter, workouts or speed work isn't discussed that much. And to me, speed work is fun. At least it should be fun. It should be exciting. It mixes up your, your running. And honestly, I think it's a sneaky way of getting in a great effort when you're kind of bored. So if your running's getting a little boring, throw in a little speed, do some speed work. And a lot of times it takes less time to knock out, you know, some speed work than it does to actually go for a run, you know, especially if you're, you're kind of building up your volume of, of minutes or meters or miles, you know, sometimes, you know, you're like, geez, do I really want to go for another 45 minute run? And it's like, no, I don't, but I could sneak in like, 30 minutes of speed work and we all know that that 30 minutes includes you know rest and recovery and all that good stuff so 
you're actually not running for the full 30 minutes, but you're getting in a great workout. So I'm going to give you five workouts, and I didn't put too much thought into this. Now, this is, this is what I mean by that. I just was like, you know, just think of some of the crazy workouts you've done that were a lot of fun that were really hard. I didn't want to pour through all of my running logs. I didn't want to think about this too much. I was just, what are the first like five that come up? And those are the ones that I'm going to talk about. So I hope you enjoy this. I hope you have fun. I'm going to tell you what the purpose of the workouts are. I'll tell you a little bit about how I handled it well or not so well and maybe why I handled some workouts well and other ones not so well or how I improved upon um, some of these workouts because many of them I did more than once. Some I did many, many times. And my relationship with these workouts definitely changed over the course of my career when I was really uh, running at a competitive level, especially the first one I'm going to talk about, which is one of the most famous distance running workouts there is. That's the Michigan. And the Michigan was developed by the former coach at the University of Michigan at Ann Arbor, the Wolverines, Ron Warhurst. And he would do this with his athletes, and it basically became a little bit of the stuff of legend. So when I heard about it, I was in college and this is, you know, early internet. I'm really dating myself. So you would you would kind of hear about this workout not online or social media. We didn't have that as a viable option really. Um I'm not that old. So there was an internet. I was just not on it. Um but anyway, the point is you would hear about this from other runners. And at the time, Michigan was running really well. They had a number of great runners there on the men's and the women's side. Warhurst was, I believe, just the men's coach. Um, but the program as a whole was fantastic. It was, it was an excellent program. And we heard that this was a workout that they did. Now, if you, a lot of times when you hear stuff word of mouth, it, it develops its own kind of aura around it. I think there's something magical about you know, rumors 30 years ago, how they were handled. Now with social media, it's so fast and I'm rambling now and I really should be just talking about the workout, which is what I'm going to talk about. But my point was there was something magical about the Michigan. And we actually did it a few times while I was at North Carolina. I never really did it well at North Carolina. I was uh, just really soft and lazy and uh, my teammates would just pound me in this workout. So I was... I was usually terrified going into this when I was in college, and rightly so, because I was not prepared to do it. And it was no fault of, of anyone's but my own, because I just was lazy and I wasn't doing the work. And I would have run a lot faster if I just had done what my coach said, but I didn't. So I suffered miserably during this workout, because it's asking you to do a lot. So it can be a very high-volume workout, um, but not everything is the same pace. So after you warm up and after you do your strides and all that good stuff, so I'm going to also have the little waiver here of you should always be warming up, you should always be doing your strides, your drills, your stretching before you do any kind of speed work, especially if the speed work is going to start very, very fast or you're doing it in some cold weather. And it seems like every time we did this in college, it was it was pretty cold out or raining. The weather was miserable and... Maybe that's just me putting that on the workout because I was running so miserable. So maybe the bad weather was just inside my head. But anyway, that's getting way too philosophical. This is the Michigan. Okay, you start out with usually a tempo run 
of about a mile, which is about 1,500 meters, to 2K. Over the course of my career, it ranged anywhere from 1,500 meters to 2K of tempo running. So that tempo, when it ends, you've got about 15 to 30 seconds before you start a mile or four laps on the track, okay, 1,600 meters. That's faster than tempo run pace. So you're going from 1,500 meters to 2K of tempo running pace, very short rest. We're talking 20 to 30 seconds, and you're heading straight into a 1,600 on the track. That 1,600 on the track, you can play with a little bit. It's going to be faster than tempo run pace, okay? So I would say it was probably somewhere around between 5K and 10K race pace, all right? So, so far, the workout isn't out of control. I mean, being able to run for five to six or seven minutes of a tempo run and then doing a mile somewhere between 5K and 10K pace, okay, so far, it seems like it's pretty manageable. But when that 1600 is done, you have 20 to 30 seconds, and then you go into another tempo run of 1500 to 2K of distance. I'm just going to call it 2K from here on out, okay? So, you're going from 2K of tempo run straight into 1,600 meters of, we'll say, you know, 5K to 10K pace, somewhere between there, somewhere in the middle. And then you've got another 20 seconds, and you're off on another tempo run. Again, 2K of tempo run, so not incredibly long, but still 2K. When you come back from that, what do you think? You got 20 or 30 seconds, you're back on the track, and now you're doing a 1,200 or three laps on the track. And now it's basically like 5K pace, somewhere around there. So it's faster than the previous interval. When that finishes, guess what? You got 20 or 30 seconds, and you're off on another 2K tempo run. You come back. You better believe it. 20 or 30 seconds, back on the track. You're doing 800 meters. That 800 meters is now faster than your 5K pace. So now it's picking up again. I would say the effort is now, if you're doing it, um, maybe like a, a seven effort. So now it's 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 seven eight effort. So you're you're getting into just faster than five k pace. We're not done because you have twenty or thirty seconds and get back out there for a two k tempo run. Then you come back and yes, one lap. And what would normally happen is people would run, you know as fast as they could for 400 meters. You know, you could say that it's supposed to be um, at your mile race pace or 1500 meter uh, race pace, a nine out of 10 effort for one lap. But again, you have the luxury of, of playing with these efforts a little bit to make it work. But that is the Michigan. So in summary, 2K tempo run, followed by 1600 meters at your faster than 10K pace, 2K tempo run, 1,200 meters at your 5K pace, 2K tempo run, 800 meters at your faster than 5K pace, 2K tempo run, and then 400 meters where you're just basically throwing down. Now, if you were lazy, like I was in college, you can see how this would be a horrendous workout to go through because you're not just relying on speed, which I could wing. You really need endurance. And what I found was after college, when I started running more consistently and started doing the work I was supposed to do instead of not doing the work I was supposed to do, I learned to love the Michigan.
Because what I was able to do once I'd built up enough endurance and enough strength, I realized that the Michigan was not this long extended race type effort, which is what it can turn into, which is not, it's not what it's supposed to be. It's not supposed to be just one long, endless, all out effort, which is what it was for me in college because I just, I was, the workout was better than I was. Or, or I should say, and or, I was trying to do the workout better than I was. And sometimes you can be doing too much in a workout. It's not like hardcore all the time. That's not how you get better at running. That's really stupid. It's really dumb. It's really damaging when I see people saying stuff like that. Go hard, go home, no pain, no gain. If you're not running hard, you're hardly running. No, all of that is stupid. Really, really, really dumb. And that was sometimes what I would do during workouts because I would try to train at a level I was not at. And what you do is, is you try to maximize certain efforts. You try to get the spirit of the workout done. And sometimes I would abuse that because I just was trying to do something I couldn't do because I wasn't doing the work I was supposed to do. But when I got to uh, post-collegiate running and I was running for Nike and I had enough endurance, I had enough strength, um, I was a smarter runner, I was able to use the tempo portions to recover from the track portion. So the tempo runs were always done off track. You don't want all of this being done on a track. It's too many laps on the track. So you want to go off track for the tempo portions. And I would find that the first half of the tempo, I would be pretty fatigued because I'm coming off of pretty fast effort on the track. But the tempo is a lesser effort than what we're doing on the track and my strength would suddenly come into play my endurance would suddenly come into play and i would start to be able to use the tempo running as recovery from the track so by the time i came back to the track i was ready to do the track interval and it taught me a very very powerful lesson that you can learn to recover while you're running and while you're running a good pace and I was able to do that. I didn't need to fully recover like I had, you know, like, in, like when you take a day off or if you're taking long amounts of time between intervals. What I needed to do was recover from the really elevated heart rate and some of that fatigue that had built up from running fast on the track, which I could do at tempo run pace. And that allowed me then to come onto the track and really run the efforts I'm supposed to run and do them in control. So I, the Michigan became something that I actually looked forward to. And I had some pretty good, I'm going to say I had some pretty good ones. I'm going to show off here a little bit. I closed out a Michigan once with a 53 flat 400 at the end. Thank you very much. And that wasn't because I was fast at the time. It was because I was strong. That was pure strength. That happened in like September or October. And post-collegiately, you're not really training for anything other than just training to train. In September, October, because most people don't run cross country post collegiately. So that was pure strength. And it taught me again something very, very important. You can get really fast just by being strong. And if you can do that, once you do work on speed work, you maintain that strength, that endurance, that allows you to be fast when you need to be fast. Because when you're racing, you don't need to be fast early. You don't need to be racing early. You want to be running hard for as long as you can before you need to race. We can talk about that some other time. But that's the Michigan. What an awesome workout. 
tip of the cap to the great Ron Warhurst and the wonderful program on the men's and women's side, the Wolverines of Michigan. So, great workout. I got another one for you, okay? This one is Endless Fartlek. Now, when I was training out in Northern California post-collegiately, the coach at the time uh, was a gentleman named Vin Lanana. He was the Stanford coach. And we were, uh, I was uh, training with the Nike team, the Nike farm team. And our coach was a guy named Jeff Johnson. Awesome, great, great, great dude. And we were working out at the Stanford golf course. And we had just finished, I guess, the Nike group had just finished. We were cooling down. And we saw the Stanford team, which was the number one team in the NCAA at the time, working out. And they looked ragged. I mean, they were running great, but they looked ragged. And I didn't get to see them work out too much. And I remember there were a couple guys in the group that I was warming down with that had run for Stanford. And they said, oh, they're doing the fartlek. And I said, what, what fartlek? And they said, well, Lanana sets them off and doesn't tell them how long the hard or easy portion is of the fartlek. So if you've ever done any of the fartleks, let's say the guided runs in the uh, NRC app, you know, we'll tell you like, well, it's 30 on, 30 off. So you're going to run 30 seconds hard at 5K pace. Then you're going to do 30 seconds off. It's just easy recovery run pace. So it's 30 on, 30 off, and it's a 20-minute tempo. So you can look at your watch. You can gather, okay, i got to run 30 seconds hard. All right, I got 30 seconds recovery. You can mentally prepare for i got to go again pretty hard in about 10 seconds and you can mentally prepare or you can mentally deal with the fact you know we're 20 seconds in i'm starting to get tired but only got 10 seconds to go what lanana would do is he would have them do fartlek where they didn't know which means the hard part could be 15 seconds long it could be six seven eight minutes long the guys were saying like yeah sometimes it went minutes and minutes and minutes where we thought he had forgotten and then he would do the whistle, and they would be able to back off again. And maybe you back off for two minutes, three minutes, four minutes, five minutes. Maybe you back off for 15 seconds. You just never knew. So you had to be completely in the moment. You had to be able to run with literally no finish line in sight. No way to measure your effort beyond the stride and the moment that you were in. You just had to keep being tough and focused and controlled and I thought that is evil that is pure evil and genius and awesome and it's a way from a coaching perspective to get your athletes to work on that like mental callousing that just being okay with being uncomfortable getting comfortable with being uncomfortable which is really hard to do and yet so important because we have those long stretches in hard workouts, but also in races where it's, can I keep doing this? Can I keep doing this? Well, how do you mimic that in practice? Well, this is one way to really mimic it in practice. So you need either someone to help you with this because you can't do it on your own because you know when to st you're going to stop and you can give yourself the luxury of like, that's it. I'm just going to call it. So you either have someone doing it like whistling, like one means go hard and two means go easy, and they don't tell you how long these intervals are going to be in the fartlek, hard or easy. Or, I mean, I don't know, you could do the the, the uh, funky fartlek, which is a guided run in the app, which is what this is. And that's the, it, was, it was basically inspired by that time running on the Stanford golf course and seeing the Stanford team do this crazy, sick, mean, twisted, evil 
but super fun for like so if you can get into that frame of mind of this is this is going to be a mental mindful emotional physical roller coaster out here not knowing how long i have to run hard not knowing how long i have to recover then it can be a super fun workout so i call that just the endless fartlek um maybe fun i mean i called it in the app the funky fartlek but it's it's whatever you want to call it it's just sick and twisted and awesome really really good the the other thing I guess I should say for all of these workouts, which is super important, if you remember why I said during the Michigan I had such a problem with doing the Michigan, the most important reason was I was trying to do something I shouldn't have been trying to do. I think I could have done the Michigan. I just couldn't have done it at the paces I was trying to do. So with all of these workouts, you have to personalize it to yourself to get the spirit of the workout. Because if you try to do more than you should be doing, that's how these workouts become disasters. Because these workouts are not here to beat you down, okay? They're, they're there to beat you up, like up, positively, up, not beat you down. So you really need to be smart when you're, tra- when you're doing any training, but especially when you're trying out some fun workouts. Make sure it's personalized for you. Own your fitness, and you can own the run. That's how you get better. Okay, I got another one for you. This one is, again, a a famous one, and I'll tell you why in a second. It's called the 40-30, but you, again, depending on your fitness level, you're going to want to change the numbers. It's named 40-30 because the athletes that did it used to run for the University of Oregon, and the most famous athlete that did it was Steve Prefontaine. So it's a 40-second 200 followed by a 30-second 200. There's no break. It's 40 seconds, 30 seconds. You just go 40 seconds for 200, straight into a 30-second 200, straight into a 40-second 200, straight into a 30-second 200. So those are 70-second laps. That's 440-mile pace, okay, which is 1435 5K pace. Now, Prefontaine was a 1322 5K runner, 1323. So 1435 for him is not that hard. But he's not running even splits. He's running 40, 30, 40, 30. Those are huge pace changes. Pace changes take a lot of power. So when you're going from a 40 to a 30, massive amount of power. Then you're going back to a 40. And that takes an incredible amount of control to go from 30 to 40 and not go from 30 to 47. You have to be able to slow down, but not too much. And you have to be able to slow down, but enough because if you don't slow down enough, now you're running too fast. You're not doing the workout. So it's, it's like if you've ever done a, um, like a bicep curl. Okay, you're using strength on the way up. And then if you really go slow back down, you're using a different type of strength, right? So you're getting action in both directions. It's the same thing when you're picking up the pace or when you're backing off in control. Now, the purpose of this workout was how far could you go? How many laps could you go at 40-30 before you broke? And everyone's going to have their different pace that they should be doing. So again, with Pre, it was, um, you know, 40-30s, how many could he go? I forget how many he actually went. Maybe somebody can tell me. I want to say he went maybe like 16 laps, I believe. And then I think it was broken 
years later by uh, Matt Centrowitz Sr. I think he went maybe 18 laps, something like that. But the point is, is this is like where these these workouts come to you and you hear about them. And like I said, there's like this mythology around it. You're like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. So the 40-30 was one that I always wanted to try. I tried it one time towards the end of my college career and I made it eight laps. But by the end, I was starting to break where I, I believe like maybe the eighth lap, the 30 might have been a little bit slow and the 40 might have been a little bit fast to try to get to 70. So in a way, I was kind of cheating the purpose of it. But I got eight laps um, really hard. So what you're going to want to do with the 40-30 is you're going to want to find, okay, what what are the paces I'm trying to do? And I would say what you're probably going to want to look at is like tempo run pace and then mile pace is is a rough i think breakdown so what pace do you run for your tempo runs that would be the 40 and then what would be your mile best if you were to race four laps on the track right now so if you were about to race a 1500 or a 1600 or a mile what would your time be and that would be the pace for your 200 so you've got kind of tempo run pace mile pace it's really hard eventually early on you're like this isn't too bad but then that turnover to get back again and again from tempo run pace into mile pace that's really hard that's really hard so if you're looking at it from numbers it would be like a six into a nine a six into a nine that gets tough and you want to do it on the track because then you can take splits and you want those splits to be even Okay, so whatever it is, lock in. That's what you want. If you have wild variations, you're no longer doing the workout because a lot of this is about control. It's not just winging something. It's about control. So you really do want to use your watch on something like that. Um, Yeah, so that's the 40-30. Another, I think, really hard but fun workout. Okay, I got another one for you. I I call these uh, quarters up and down. Um, so you're going to want to start, um, probably somewhere around, um, maybe your 10 K pace. Okay. I think that would, that would make sense. Like what is like that, that six and a half effort and you're going to do quarters. Okay. And what you're going to do is, is you're going to do a quarter at your 10 K pace and I'm going to make up a number. Okay. Let's just say it's, it's two minutes. Okay. I'm just making it up. Um, you do a lap in two minutes. Great. You have two minutes rest. Then you do another lap. And you have to do it one second faster. A minute 59. Not two seconds faster. One second faster. Then you have a minute 59 seconds rest. And then you got to go a second faster. And you keep doing laps. Now, early on, this isn't that big of a deal. You're doing tempo run pace, right? I mean, like you can do tempo run pace for a really long time. But you suddenly realize, you know, after, you know, eight laps, you're eight seconds faster on each lap, which is 32 seconds faster per mile. And remember, you're going down just a second, just a second, and you just keep going down until you can't go down any further. So you keep going down one second until you can't. And maybe you do the same split that you hit right before. 
okay? So you didn't go down a second. You were unable to go down a second. Well, you get that recovery again, and now you go up. And you see how many you can go up by one second. So you can go one second slower, not a second and a half, not two seconds, not three seconds, one second slower. So let's say you started at two minutes, and you got to a minute 50, and then you couldn't get to a minute 49. Okay, well, your next lap is a minute 51, and then you get a minute 51 rest. And then you can go a minute 52, but not a minute 53. If you go a minute 53, that's two seconds slower on the way up, not one. Remember, this is about control. One second on the way down until you can't go down anymore. One second on the way up until you lose control and you end up going two or three seconds slow. Then the workout's done. It means you can't control it the way you need to control it. So you can start this from a couple of different paces. You could start it at your 10K pace, your six effort. You could start it at your 5K. And obviously, the slower you start the workout, the more laps you should be able to do on the way down and the way up because you're starting from a slower pace than if you were to say, I'm going to start at my uh, you know, 5K pace. You're not going to be able to do as many laps one second down and then one second up. So you can play with this in a number of different ways really based on where you want your starting point to be. What's that first lap? Then it's same recovery as you ran, one second, one second faster. Same recovery you just ran, one second faster. Complete control. And again, not you don't get bonus points for going two seconds faster. Because if you go two seconds faster, you've got to go faster than that. So it's, it's about control, doing it one second at a time until you can't get any faster at all. Then you go up. And you can only go one second slower. If you go two seconds slower, the workout's done, and that's your total laps. So that's quarters down and up. Again, a lot of these, I think some of the hardest parts is just the control. I don't think it's that hard to run out of control. It's really difficult to run in control, especially in a speed run. So that's another great one, I think. And now I've got one more I'm going to give you. So I was going to give you five fun workouts that are really hard. And these are split intervals. So if you remember the 40-30, I said the hardest part about that was really the, the, the pace changes, the shifts that you have to make from 40 to 30. Well, you can do this for any interval length. And I used to love doing this with athletes I worked with because I knew not only were we working on um, speed and strength, but we were also working on the power it needs to shift gears fast. And if you like to race, and I think racing should be a lot of fun, so if you're scared of racing, we can work on that. But I think you should try it. It should be a lot of fun. It should be kind of a celebration of all the work you do. One of the hardest things for an athlete to do is cover moves, big, fast moves. Because one, it, it takes a lot of power. It takes a lot of strength. And yes, it takes a lot of speed. But that speed doesn't exist unless you are strong and powerful enough to come up with the strength and power to make these gear changes, these shifts in speed. So you can do, for instance... Um, Let's make it up. We'll do a 1K, an 800, a 600, a 400, and a 200. So the first one is going to be a 1K, and we're going to go out for 400 meters at 5K pace, and then we're going to go 200 meters at mile pace, 200 meters at 5K pace, 200 meters at mile pace. So there are going to be two different shifts where we're popping up to mile pace or 1,500 meter pace off 5K pace. So 5K pace is already pretty quick. And then it's like, I want you, boom, after 400 meters, 
to shift gears to mile pace. Then I want you to back off to 5K pace for 200 meters. Then boom, shift gears again to that mile pace. So you can see, like, just in 1K, there are two different moves you have to make, which makes that 1K way more exciting than most 1Ks where you're just clicking off a normal pace. And let me just say, there is a reason for doing Ks at a consistent pace, you know, whether it's 5, 7, 10 by a K at, you know, your 5K pace and you just keep nailing 70-second quarters or two-minute quarters or two-and-a-half-minute quarters, just boom, boom, boom. Yeah, I get it, you know. You, you want to lock in. You want to find that race pace or that effort and, and you want to work on being consistent that makes sense, but you can also have fun and you can twist things around. This is a different workout than those Ks at a set pace. This is harder. It's going to take more out of you. So if you're doing workouts where you're shifting gears, you have to remember pendulum swings both ways. So if you're asking yourself for more effort, you got to give yourself more recovery. So coming back from 5 by a K just at 5K pace straight through, is not going to take as much recovery as doing five by split K where you're doing 5K pace and mile mile pace or even 10K pace and mile pace. Those pace changes, they take a lot out of you. But, you know, you could do that for a K. For the 800, you could do uh, 200 at 10K pace, 200 at mile pace, 200 at 10K pace, 200 at mile pace. There's your 800. You could do a 600 where it's 222 or it's um, 33 or it's uh, even... 400, 100, 100. You can play with how you're splitting it up and the different paces how you want. You can have multiple paces, not just two. You could have well beyond two paces. So you could start, let's say, a 1K where it's just 200 at uh, 5K pace, 200 at recovery run pace, 200 at 10K pace, 200 at mile pace, 200 at 5K pace. And it's you're, you're, you're doing a lot of different things here with the athlete, okay? One, I think you're making the interval a lot more fun. Two, you're making that athlete shift gears, okay, and use that power to get faster. On the slower paces, you're, you're making sure that they know how to control and back off in control and learn how to not back off too much. And you're making sure they understand the differences between these paces. You have multiple paces inside you, multiple speeds inside you, multiple gears inside you. Getting an athlete to play with all of those things is really important. But also know how to run and handle themselves while they're tired, while they're running faster, while they're backing off. Making sure the form is staying in check. Making sure they don't get out of control. Making sure they know what they're doing. Make sure they're paying attention. And when they do shift gears and they find the pace, that they don't lose focus and then lose the pace. There's all of these things you want going on. It's not just go out and run 90-second quarters and you you don't have to think about anything. Like, No, you want the athlete thinking. You want the athlete making decisions, focusing, adjusting, and realizing they've got a lot of different speeds and paces and gears inside of them. You are lots of different types of runners in one runner. Whether you realize that or not, you are. And I think these workouts are the types of workouts that show you that. Because you're not the easy recovery run on the quiet trail person when you're shifting some gears 
in some split intervals. You know what I mean? You're not the, you know, the speed demon when you're out there during the tempo portion, the 2K tempo portions of the Michigan. No, you have to be someone who is relaxed, bringing their heart rate down, making sure they're getting their breathing under control, and recovering as much as they can at a pace that is uncomfortable but not out of control so you can get back to the track and be able to run well at a faster pace. There's all of these different mindsets you have to bring in that change depending on the pace effort that you're giving in the run. So they're awesome exercises, and they're fun, and they mix up your training. They also mix up the type of speed runs you're doing. It saddens me when I hear people are like, well, I do like 8 by 200 and then I'll do 8 by 400 and then I'll do like 5 by a mile and that's pretty much it. It's like, why? what are you talking about? Mix things up. Have some fun. You know, it's like an empty canvas and you can paint whatever the heck you want on it with these workouts. There are a lot of different ways to build fitness. There are a lot of different ways to get faster. There are a lot of different ways to get fitter, build endurance, do all of these things. It's not just like a handful of workouts. You can mix things up and make them fun. And sometimes what you want, especially from like a coaching perspective, when you know like you're in this like maybe period of tough training, a lot of times what we're trying to do is get you to do work and not realize you're doing work. And sometimes one way of doing that is just give you some kind of like crazy workouts that achieve the spirit and the purpose of what we want from the workout, but in a way that you're like, what are we doing? This is nuts. And by the end of it, you're warming down saying, that was crazy. And what we got out of it was the fact that you weren't just slogging through it the whole time saying, this is boring. and Why am I doing this? It's just wild and crazy. So I hope you had fun listening to five fun workouts that are also really hard. And I have more than five. I got a lot more. So if this was fun, let me know. Leave a comment. Tell me that this is a great idea for another episode because we can do more. There's a lot going on. I got a lot of workouts. I can open up some of those running logs. I've got years and years and years of them. So I hope you enjoyed this. I had a really, really good time. And you know what? It's time for the Mindset Minute with Coach Tammy of the Show Up Society. That's right, she's back. She's going to give you something you can use immediately in your training, in your life, to help have a better mindset, stronger mindset. Okay, so without any further ado, let me make way for Coach Bennett. Okay, my mindset tip for you doing these five fun workouts that are really hard is to have fun with it. Put on face paint, draw a thunderbolt on your shirt, wear a singlet from a famous running team or a famous runner or from one of your favorite races, wear a jersey from a sport that isn't with running, dress up, wear a unitard, put tattoos all over your body, write with marker your goals, write I am a badass warrior on your chest. Uh, One time I did a really hard workout in the cold and for every interval I did, I took off a layer of clothing and I ended up in a tiny little uh, running bra and shorts and it was like 20 something degrees outside, but it was fun and I felt like a badass warrior. So go have fun and live it up. Embrace the challenge, embrace the fun, embrace the hardness of it all. And you're going to get a lot of extra bonus points if you take a picture of yourself in this get up and post it on Instagram. And don't forget to tag me at Show Up Society. And don't forget to tag Coach Bennett. All right. I'm looking forward to a 
whole bunch of really weird pictures that I'm going to suddenly be tagged on. So thank you for the Mindset Minute, Coach Tammy, and thank you to all of you for listening to episode 28, Five Fun Workouts That Are Also Really Hard, or I'm going to call it Five Hard Workouts That Are Also Really Fun. Again, I'm not sure yet. So in the meantime, make sure you've subscribed to Coach Bennett's podcast. I don't have to keep telling you to listen to it. If you subscribe, it's just going to show up on whatever platform you listen it to. And on top of that, thank you if you've rated and reviewed the podcast or shared the podcast. I really appreciate it. It means so much. And be on the lookout for Coach Bennett's newsletter. One just dropped two days ago. There's going to be a flurry of them, I think, before year end because I know lots of people are looking for motivation and inspiration and some guidance here at the end of 2023 as we get into 2024. I'm going to do my best to give you the best of what I've got. So thanks again for listening. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. Thank you so much for listening to Coach Bennett's podcast today. And if you're not already following or subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening, well, I really wish you would because it helps a lot. Also, check out the show notes because you'll find a link to Coach Bennett's newsletter as well as all the social media sites that I'm on. Places like Threads and Facebook and Instagram and Mastodon and YouTube and even the artist formerly known as Twitter, whatever that dumpster fire is called today, you'll find a link to it because I'm on there. Thank you so much again for listening. And until next time, take care of yourself.